0: Remember the
1: Super Bowl way back on, I don't know, Sunday?
0: (laughs) Well, (laughs) he's going to really jog my memory now.
1: I know, I know. I'm talking about the latest Super Bowl, not, not, not any of the ones before that. But, yeah, the San Francisco, Kansas City, which the Chiefs won in overtime, in part because the San Francisco 49ers maybe didn't completely understand the overtime rules, but they wanted the ball, and then they gave them the greatest quarterback on the planet currently. Uh, a chance to have it last, which is never a great idea. Yeah, that one. So here's my thing. Okay, so so Kyle Shanahan has been a part of three Super Bowls in his career. Once as an offensive coordinator for the legendary, you know, blowing of a 28-3 to lead to Tom Brady, the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. That game also went to overtime. And then he lost to the Kansas City Chiefs in Miami um, in what was Patrick Mahomes' first Super Bowl. Had a 10-point lead there, blew that in the fourth quarter. Jimmy Garoppolo, not good, 3 of 11 on um, on third down in the fourth quarter or, or on the game. Or no, 3 of 11 passing in the fourth quarter in that game. And then, of course, this, this past Sunday, which now seems also long ago, they had a 10-point lead. And once again, they lost in overtime, only this time uh, they had a chance to Call the coin toss in overtime. They won it. They elected to take the ball, which is odd because you're then telling the other team you know, what they have to do and giving them four downs to do it. Uh, but nonetheless, that was the decision. Kansas City goes down, scores, touchdown. Game over. Uh, Dynasty has been cemented. Kansas City now with three Super Bowl wins in five years. And Kyle Shanahan is a big game loser. I mean that's sort of now he pushed back on that because he said, "Well, didn't we win big games to get to those two Super Bowls? What about going? You know, what about beating the Lions and coming back from twenty whatever it was? You know, seventeen points down? And that that's true. They did do that, and those are big games, but not the big game, right? So you're kind of putting yourself in the company of great Hall of Fame coaches, Bud Grant, and you know, and others, Marv Levy, but nonetheless, you know." Your guy, Brock Purdy and others, didn't execute. They had free rushers on big downs. Like, it was bad, okay? Um, but Kansas City wins. And naturally, I think the only reaction after something like that is to fire your defensive coordinator. <laughs> like, what? What? Steve Wilkes was fired. That's, that's, that's what – it was his fault? Is that what we're saying? Are we saying, yeah, yeah you know what, if not for the fact – that Kansas City scored 19 in regulation. Oh, and by the way, seven of those came when a punt went off a guy's foot and your guy, Ray Ray McLeod, decided to try to scoop it instead of just fall on it after he decided not to try to catch it in the first place. And then they threw one pass in the end zone, and that's how they got, their, I think, their first touchdown or one of their first touchdowns. So that wasn't on the defense necessarily. But, yeah, so Steve Wilkes is, is – you know, scapegoat guy because, I I mean, most people around the league would say to you, you know, pretty good defensive coordinator, and you hired him for that reason. And I'm not saying you could never fire a coach, but, man, to do that a couple days after a Super Bowl in which your team didn't know the overtime rules, you clearly should have not taken the football, and your quarterback and your offense couldn't get in the end zone and was shut out in the third quarter. It just—it
0: seems like they were looking for a pound of flesh, and they and they took it out on Wilkes. Well, and I'm curious because Steve Spagnuolo was extended today. <laughs> if the Niners had won, would he have been fired, or actually his contract <laughs> was up, not resigned, yeah. and Wilkes re- resigned? Right. I, I, I have to imagine that the Wilkes thing was coming no matter what happened. I guess I, I have to think that this was a difference in. Velocity? Velocity or or just they they didn't get along, didn't agree long before the Super Bowl.
1: I mean, they butted. There's some the documented butting of heads. You know, where, where Shanahan mm-hmm. has criticized him or overruled him on some cover zero stuff. Like I, I this isn't the first time that there has been a schism. You know, um, and I guess you have to do what you have to do, but. Boy, from a how bad do the Niners look in the last few days? Just from a perception standpoint, right? Um, you know, if, for all the world, you can't. I mean, and and he's sticking by the we would do it again, we take the ball routine. Okay, what's funny is is that he said as part of his explanation for that for taking the ball, he said, "Well, you know, it felt like a field goal game." In other words, it felt like you know it's going to be hard for either team to get in the end zone. The way the defenses were playing, we we're kicking a lot of field goals. It just felt like a field goal game. Well, it felt that way because your defense was actually playing well. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, you know, but you fired the guy that managed to do that. He put you in that position. Maybe if he would given up touchdowns, you would have decided not not to take the ball there. Um, the really weird thing is, is that, you know, you go through this whole analytics stuff, and Kansas City said this, um, that, you know, had they scored – they were going to go for two. Mm-hmm. You know? They were going to go for the win right there. Right. And and, and so, you know, when, when Shanahan's saying, well, we wanted a ball third, you're assuming you're ever going to see it again. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you can't go into it going, well, if we score and then they match us, then we get the ball again. Well, really? No, you don't. Because they go for two and the game's over. And I, and I agree with that, too. I'd much rather – why would I give the ball in a sudden death situation, give the ball back to another team to where a field goal beats me, as opposed to just saying, I'll go for it on the two-yard line. If I score, it's over. Of course, that's what you do, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't play the analytics like, yeah, but we wanted it third because there's no, you don't have control over that. So there's so many things that they screwed up. Um, and it just – the optics are really bad. And, and you know what? Him and John Lynch are going to get the crap kicked out of them, um, you know, nationally and, and on all these shows that I've watched. And, you know, it's part of the business, man. I love John Lynch, and I really was kind of, you know, for his sake, would have liked to have seen him win a Super Bowl as a GM. Um, I can tell you this, there's, there's been it's been past owners of the 49ers that I've known all too well. One or both of those guys wouldn't be coaching or, or be the GM anymore if that happened under his watch. The 49ers won five straight – well, not five straight, but they won the five Super Bowls they were in, um, all five of them, until – the ownership switch, and then now, now they're zero and three. I mean, Harbaugh lost to his brother mm-hmm. uh, under a different regime, and then, and then of course now Shanahan has lost too. So they're now five and three in Super Bowls all times, but uh, zero and three. Um, you know, since the Steve Young days, but uh, yeah, tough one, man. I and and Wilkes will have no trouble getting a job. I think there's a lot of people that that do, uh, probably like his philosophy, and he's been a good defensive coordinator, but. Um. Interesting. might not be the only changes they make. I don't know. Heck, He
0: probably should have been hired in Carolina. That's what I thought. And yeah. then gets fired a year later as defensive coordinator of a team that went to the Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> right. And, you know,
1: I mean, interim coaches typically don't get hired, and, and I get why they don't some, sometimes. um, Although, you know, obviously the Raiders decided after Rich Bisaccia took over from John Gruden and got him to the playoffs, they let him go, but then this time – they didn't let Antonio Pierce go. <laughs> like, we learned our lesson, we don't want to do that again. So Antonio Pierce is now the most popular coach, you know, that the Raiders have had for some time. I, I kind of fall on it this way. It's like, you know, you can't let popularity or players make those decisions. As much as they love the coach or the guy, or they play hard for the guy and all that, that's great, right? Um, if he If he deserves a job, he deserves a job. But you can't. You know, it's you just can't let them dictate sort of what your decisions are going to be. You got to look at everybody that was available, and there were a lot of great coaches available, and mm-hmm. some of them named Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll, and um, who's a guy in Tennessee? Uh, excuse my name, Brayble, Brable, Mike Brable. Mm-hmm. They were all available, and they didn't get jobs, right? And they kept mm-hmm. they kept Antonio Pierce, which is you know good for Pierce, but I I do wonder if you get caught up in the emotion of that. And you know, would Pierce have been a candidate? You know, had he not already been on the staff um, and working there and, and gotten that opportunity? Look, the 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 uh, Atlanta Falcons, you know, fired a coach and then they let Raheem Morris be the interim, and he did okay, mm-hmm. right? But they didn't hire him. You know, they hired another guy, and then now, ironically, Raheem's coming back to re- replace him. And Arthur Smith, so you know it, it can go a bunch of different ways. It's like, well did they just waste three years? Well, maybe you know now maybe Raheem's a better a better coach than he was when he left as an interim mm-hmm. um but I don't know that the interim thing, other than your familiarity with the organization, you don't have to fire all your coaches like it's great for the for the guys that work there um but I think you you gotta kind of be careful you you don't get sort of caught up in the emotion of that, and you know. Carolina certainly didn't, but uh, other teams have.
0: Well, I don't know if David Tepper ever gets caught up in the emotion. No, he
1: has no emotion. Apparently, uh, it's it's bottom line anger. with this guy. Yeah, yeah. Throw throw a drink at somebody once in a while. Um. So yeah, it's um. I, this thing, will, you know, Super Bowls are so big, and the league is is scrutinized by so many different TV shows and outlets, and you know, with the mic'd up stuff, it's really interesting. Uh, what they do on those NFL shows when you when you get to hear the sound from the game uh and the players that are mic'd up you really get kind of a, a fresh perspective of who knew what when and stuff. So that's really cool. Now, uh we would be remiss and uh on the downside, just just the horrible, horrible part of our society these days. And it happens way too often, unfortunately, in uh in in this world, not just in the world of sports, but uh, the shooting that occurred, you know, uh, after or during the parade, I guess, the Kansas City Chiefs, towards the end of the parade, um, left at least one person dead and a bunch of wounded, including I think there was up to nine or 10 or 11 children uh, were were part of the victims in, in this mass shooting, uh, which may have included more than one gunman. But there's just horrific uh, I guess eight children were among the 22 22 hit by gunfire at the Chiefs Super Bowl parade. One person killed, and uh, there was a uh, actually a DJ from KF KKFI. They said on a on a post on uh, a post on Facebook that it was DJ Lisa Lopez Galvin.
0: Yeah, she hosted was, a uh, Taste of Tejano show on the NPR yeah, station in Kansas right.
1: City. and so um, just. You know, and, and and not that this is a, a a large thing, but um, you know, in this society, there's shootings that happen everywhere—in churches, at you know, amusement parks, and restaurants. I mean, there, you know, there's literally no place where one has not occurred. But I do wonder, like, what happens for the next Super Bowl champion? You know what I mean? Like, I I'm always look, I'm always nervous anyway. I'm not someone that carries guns, and apparently in Missouri, there's a uh, you know, there's no, there's, you don't need a, a permit to conceal weapons and stuff, but I, am I'm always nervous anyway around crowds and things like that. I don't know what's going to happen, but, uh, these days you really don't know. And you just wonder, is it a smart thing to get a bunch of people gathered together and invite? And this was not a terrorist act. They don't believe, but, um, but nonetheless, when you have that many people around, obviously if the bullets start flying. A lot of people can get hurt and did. And, um, it's just it's horrible you know i think back like you know during covid and bucks one and they had their unique as as only tampa can their you know their water parade and just the number of people lined up along the waterway was just so impressive and and you know all this heartfelt emotion and stuff like that was really cool experience i got to go on you know one of the uh the media boats um if you will and um just got to see it from the water which was so neat and i'm just thinking man you know you would like to be able to celebrate with your team accomplish like accomplishment like that, but for fortunately, I guess at least for the players they were they were pretty much on their way back uh away from the parade they were on buses and whatnot uh and so um, I don't think many or any of them uh were part of that uh sort of scene there, but boy, that's just that's a horrible thing to uh
0: yeah, I read there were several of the players friends. that were comforting kids around where the buses were. Really, they were wow. just upset, you know. They just, yeah, yeah, shaken up, didn't know. <clears throat> and several of them were comforting kids before the buses took off. And
1: well, and you hear the audio, and you know, and people just start running. I mean, you can get separated, there can be a lot of confusion, and, and um, it's got to be, uh, uh, you know, kind of, you know, and you don't know exactly right away. Maybe you don't react, you think it's firecrackers or something. And um, unfortunately, it was way worse than that. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was a tough one. It's going to be a tough day. A couple of tough days, uh, around the chiefs around Kansas city, the the entire league, including the bucks have put out statements, um, you know, offering their condolences and, you know, and whatnot support. Um, and you know, Travis Kelsey, a lot of the players, Patrick Mahomes, different guys have, have gone on, you know, on, uh, on Twitter or whatnot and, and kind of echoed those things as well. But, yeah, it's, a, it's it you know for all the celebration and it's a, it's a national holiday almost, you know, when the Super Bowl finally gets here and then you don't want that to be the prevailing last thought of the season and yet here we are. We we kind of have that. The stop presses, but we're going to talk about a couple things including the University of South Florida Bulls have a sold out basketball game and it really really matters after they've now won 10 in a row. We'll get to that in just a second, but first I want to tell you guys that for the past 14 years, the skilled pros of May Electric Solar have been installing solar energy systems in Florida. Now they provide the most reliable solar equipment, the best installation methods and service while helping homeowners cut energy costs with an environmentally friendly investment. May Electric Solar uses their own skilled employees, never subcontractors, and they've always offered the safest and most reliable equipment. Well, now May Electric Solar offers a 30-year no-cost equipment replacement and labor warranty. That means for 30 years May Electric Solar, backed by Solar Insure, means that your roof, electrical, and equipment replacement is all covered. Now, Solar Insure even survives May Electric Solar. It's owned by the homeowner with no deductibles or additional fees. And this policy will transfer to new homeowners with no fee. This is not a blanket insurance policy. In fact, only the best contractors are allowed to be part of its program. May Electric Solar's reputation and their history of workmanship has earned this membership. To learn more, about May Electric Solar's installation and their 30-year warranty, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. I'm not sure why everybody has been concerned about USF and their football program and all of that hand-wringing that goes on. It turns out they're a basketball school. That's what wait, they should wait, they, they just
0: for. won the Boca Raton Bowl. Wow, well,
1: yeah. We'll give them that. No, I mean, I, Alex Golish did have a good year. No,
0: they, he had a great season. And yeah. po- and look at his recruiting class, poised to yeah. get better this year.
1: Apparently. But it's all arrow up. And maybe they started this resurgence because when was the last time USF men's basketball team was here? Uh, and when I say here, I mean they have won 10 games in a row. And they're now going to play number 24, Florida Atlantic. That's on noon on Sunday at the Yingling Center. And guess what? It is sold out in ESPN – will be televising the game. Uh this is big time stuff. What was I guess Stan Heath took a team to the NCAA tournament, and won a play in game, then won another game got to the round of 32 mm-hmm. before losing. That's the last that was hurrah, what, 2012 I, I believe. That it sounds it's about 11 right, or 12 yeah.
0: is one of those two.
1: I was still on the radio so it was a hell of a long time ago. But the thing is um this 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 Bulls team is Really good. like, And, you know, to be this far, like the last time, so John, John Romano wrote a story about this, which hats off to him for covering USF, but um, he said the last time the Bulls were atop the standings this late in the season in any conference was 2001. They were tied with Memphis for first place in the old Conference USA, and they finished third that year.
0: 2001 um, means most of the kids on this team, if not all, were not even born yet. That's right, yeah, because it's 20, 24 20 years, so yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, you know, depending on I I don't know the age of every kid on the team, but almost every one of those kids was not born yet. You'd have to be a fifth year senior or something like that, probably. But now
1: they're eighteen and five. Like when you see 18, 20 win, but only five losses, and they're eleven and one in the conference. They've got a one and a half game lead on both Florida Atlantic and Charlotte, and they beat Charlotte, and only six games remaining.
0: So what's really about, impre- what's really impressed me about this team is a lot of times in this 10 game win streak they've been down and down big in the games. Oh yeah, they come back. Like they don't quit, they don't stop and and their kind of motto is we're gritty not pretty. <laughs> I like it. Uh tonight they had what seven guys hit threes. Yeah. You know, I mean they yeah, can they bomb they can, away. They they rebound well. It's a fun team to watch but they don't quit like yeah, they were mm-hmm. what down twenty at Memphis. Came back and won that, that game. To
1: me, that was the game. That mm-hmm. was the turnaround because you know Memphis was ranked. Obviously, it was on the road, and they and you looked up and they're down twenty, and you're like, okay, they're just USF, right? Mm-hmm. No, they came back and won the damn thing. They didn't just come back and make it a game. They came back and won it, and they haven't they haven't stopped since. Um, so you know, and Memphis is a really good program with really good coaches and stuff like that. So that that lets you know they were real, but. I mean, okay, I, the Conference Coast of the Year is wrapped up right Right now. The, the, we, we don't need any more calls. We have a winner, Abdul Raheem.
0: I, I, I mean, you know, unless Charlotte goes and wins it because they were predicted lower in the standings. Were they
1: really? I didn't I want mean, to worry So
0: So uh, preseason, what? USF was predicted ninth, I think, and Charlotte was predicted 13th. Oh, wow. And they're, you know, for, uh, USF's first and Charlotte's tied for second. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, you know, but – Yes, for the most part, it's going to be one of those two coaches, the coach of the the conference, and, and quite frankly, could be coach of the year. Could be in NCAA basketball, yeah, Amir Abdur Rahim.
1: How about the two coaches in football and basketball that have been signed at USF in these last couple of years?
0: No, I mean, That's, Michael Kelly knocked it out of the park last summer.
1: No question. Last, I mean, he's spring, got two summer. gems. I mm-hmm. mean, two absolute gems. I don't know if he can keep them. <laughs> that's the downside. But, but. but
0: that's that's what you want. At a program like South Florida, yeah. you're, you're not in a power five at this point. Yeah. Like, you want to hire guys that three years, four years from now, you've got to replace because yeah. they left the program better than what they, they took it over as. Like, that's sure. a good problem to have. I'm not saying it's easy. But and, you're still and, you're not a, you're not a destination school, right. but
1: nonetheless, if I would rather and and this is you know because they've gone both sides of the coin on this. They've had the Charlie Strongs who are on their way down. Mm-hmm. I would always rather get the guy on his way up,
0: right? A hundred and twenty eight percent, if not more, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no question. About, and, and I've seen it at my alma mater, Cincinnati, was almost the blueprint for this. Yeah, you know, starting back with uh, Mark Dantonio. And then you went to Brian Kelly and then you went to Butch Jones and, you know, all these young up and coming coaches that were there two, three, four years and then moved on to something bigger. And then they hired Tommy Tuberville and took a step back. Right. Right. He didn't want to be there mm-hmm. like he had already coached at Auburn. He'd already coached elsewhere. One of the Texas schools like he didn't want to be there. He didn't want to recruit. He didn't want to put the work in. Yeah. You know, now he's a senator instead. And then, but then they went and got Luke Fickle, and took him to the college football playoff. And then now they're in the Big Twelve. Yeah, now, like, now Luke's at Wisconsin, mm-hmm. with the exception of Tuberville, They hired young guys that were up and coming, mm-hmm. come here three, four years, and move on. Yeah, go find the next one. And that's what they've it, done. And that's that's kind of the blueprint for programs outside the Power Five at this point. Yeah, get the get the rising star, yeah. get the hungry young
1: guy that uh, is ready for his first head coaching job, mm-hmm. maybe, and. Hope you knock it out of the park like they have. The downside is, you know, maybe in a couple of years you'll have to do it all over again.
0: But these coaches are going to leave the, leave these programs.
1: But in I mean, you're, you're seeing now
0: in college. I mean, coach who just won a national championship is leaving, and yeah, you know, I mean, three of the four coaches in the final four this year in college football are gone. One retired, right? One right. went to the pros, and the other took one of the jobs that the guy retired from. But yeah, I mean, you know, there's no promise of any of these.
1: No, there's not.
0: staying four years. So, you know, is it you hire him? Well, how long are we going to keep him? Well, that's a good problem to have. Like, stop worrying about that part of it. You know, if 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 he leaves your program in a better spot than what he took it over, that's a win. Now go find right. the next guy who can do that again.
1: Yeah, and he's proven that you could be relevant too. So maybe the next guy will carry you know pick mm-hmm. up the torch and carry it a little bit because now you don't have as hard a sell for the next guy trying to get recruits in here because you're not. No. Firing a guy that just won three games. You know what I mean? You're firing a guy that won, won the conference. Or not firing, but yeah. having to replace. I mean, uh, you
0: know, I was to talk last year as, as the season ended for football was, you know, Byron Brown with NIL, he's gone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, no. Golish got him to stay because Golish liked it. made yeah. him a better quarterback. And, right, you know, he's he's going to where? where can I have the best shot to get to the pros? How about a second year under this coach?
1: Instead of going somewhere else. Yeah, maybe one more good year yeah. and then he can go somewhere else. <laughs> maybe he does. And
0: maybe he does. And if he does, you've had two great years out of him. Heck, yeah. You know, can't get upset the, about that. But Maybe win the conference. But it also makes this this opening at quarterback for whether it's young guys in your system or a transfer appealing. Yep. Look at what yep. Alex Golish did with this kid. Yeah, come in here and start and you get a yeah. better shot down the road. Like, you I know? think sometimes as fans we worry about the future too much. Like, you know, Michael Kelly's job is to worry about, okay, if Alex Golish leaves, who am I going to replace him with? Yeah. But after one good year, like, fans sometimes worry too much about that instead of enjoying the ride, I think, sometimes. I mean, you know, the future is important, no question. And and particularly, you don't want it to be the future's bad news for you. You're going down. But, Mm. you know, when you're in, you know, it's kind of the debate with the lightning. You know, they trade all these draft picks and don't have many prospects at this point.
1: And fans are upset about.
0: It. Well, it got them two rings, and right. they're still in a window where they could win rings, possibly. Right. You, you know, I mean, it's you, you, you can't you can't always worry about your draft picks two years from now when you're winning now.
1: You know what else it says too, and this is mm-hmm. true about any sports program, but especially in this market. Um, you know, for years and years, if the product's not good, people aren't going to come. But as soon as you are good, and it becomes the thing to be mm-hmm. to be seen at to go, the thing to do, Tampa is one of those. It's the thing to do. Cities, you know, uh, Lightning are winning. Everybody loves Lightning. Let's go see a Lightning game. You know, Rays are winning. Everybody loves Rays. Let's go see. Bucks are winning. Let's go see. USF. I mean, USF basketball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're going to fill the Yingling Center because they're winning. It's it's you know culture and everybody talks about. We're going to change the culture. Culture is winning, man. Mm-hmm. People want to be around winners. They want to see them. They want to be. They want to cheer for them. They want them to be local. Well, and, and this live this and
0: market that. has so much to compete with. Oh, yeah. not just the sports stuff, but all these teams compete with. Okay, it's a Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, Sunday afternoon, whatever. Do I want to go to Disney World? Yeah. Do I want to go Disney to Park, Bush Garden? Do I want to go to the yeah. beach? Do I want to go right. like you have so House much restaurants? You yeah. have so much tourism and, and and great venues, not just sports related in this market that right you know that are competing for your disposable income the dollar yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and you know so if you're not winning or putting on a great product right it's tough to compete in this this market more so than than some others really is and because
1: you don't have a long-time allegiances of people that live here it is a, mm-hmm. a that very too. nomadic uh, population much like arizona where no one's from here except me uh and you know, therefore they have allegiances to other teams around the country. And so it's not like, Hey, I got to go root for the Rays come hell or high water, you know, or I got to root for the Bucks. You know, eh, you know, if they're good, sure. You know, then, then you can convert them. And, uh, maybe they'll like to see the product cause it's a good product, but otherwise it's a, this is a tough, tough market and, and not a great market in a lot of respects, um, that I won't get into totally. But, uh, I, I think that, You know, Florida is a tough market because of that. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, Miami is a tough market because of that. These are big cities, and they're rated highly, you know, 11 and whatever. Uh, But, like, they have a difficult time because there's not that rabid loyalty
0: towards their sports teams unless they're winning, Mm -hmm. you know. Well, And, 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 and I've said this before, and, you know, Tampa Bay right now is in the best sports era of this city, no question. When you look at the Lightning and the 10-year run they've been on with two Stanley Cups, the Bucks have won a Super Bowl and the, you know and and they've made the playoffs four straight years. The Rays have made the playoffs five straight years, but to really take out two or three years there really for a decade plus now have been, you know, competing for playoffs and and, and to get to the World Series. Yeah, all these teams are yeah. relevant. All of them make that, playoffs. Yeah. That Fifteen twenty years from now is when you're gonna see this market really turn. Mm-hmm. Because all the kids now they're they're they are becoming Rays lightning. I mean Bucks, you hope fans. so, right? Mm-hmm. I mean Well you... and, and even when I moved here in two thousand ten and and talking to people and even kind of seeing it, when you looked at young kids, the Rays were just starting to win. They've been to the World Series two years prior, right? But you looked at the six and seven and eight year old kids, and I was told this, and and you you saw it disappear in the first few years I was here. But it was it was even more prominent. Two thousand five, two thousand six, all the young kids were wearing No Garcia Parra jerseys, Derek Jeter jerseys, you know, if, particularly for baseball. Then when the Rays start winning, you start seeing Evan Longoria jerseys and David Price jerseys, and James Shields and Carl Crawford and B J Upton and like. It's the young kids that they gravitate towards winners, even if their parents are rooting for whatever team. When the local yeah. teams aren't that good, it's hard for the local, the kids whose parents are rooting for a different team to pull for them.
1: Well, let me give you, though, an idea, and, and, and if that's true, then mm-hmm. shouldn't the Rays be doing better um, in this sense, is that mm-hmm. my son, mm-hmm. uh, who is probably, he was probably around, I don't know, maybe 15 at the time or younger when the Rays made the World Series, he grew up knowing nothing but the Rays as a Mm -hmm. a baseball team. And so that was his deal. He has the Longoria jersey. He had, Mm -hmm. you know, different guys. And so they've been successful pretty much his whole life, you know, that he can Mm -hmm. recall actually watching baseball. He's now 28 years old. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now, now there's others like him, you know, they had the Ray Hawks and, Mm and, you know, B.J. Upton and all that and saw him, you know, Go to a World Series. Why then aren't they filling the Trop every night? Because they're they're the paying
0: customers you're talking well, about, or should be. You're right, and there's there's a I won't say a million reasons, but and we've had these discussions before from just the state of the Trop, although. I don't think the Trop's a bad st- – I mean, you know, it's we not – We never
1: did. I mean, yeah. my son doesn't think that. Yeah. He would go down and he- we thought it was comfortable. I mean, it's not the most aesthetically pleasing building mm-hmm. in the world. But, hey,
0: I knew this, that, that there wasn't going to be a rain out. I enjoy 72 in yeah, nice conditions. I'm okay with it, man. Yeah. <laughs> when you hear it pouring outside. and <laughs> It's it's hot as hell. <laughs> yeah. Um, You know, I live on the eastern side of Hillsborough County. Right, it's a haul to get over there for me. Oh, it's a haul from where I'm at. Trust me, and it it's you know you it's sit a long there. Day. You know, I got kids. It's like well, weeknights are that's completely yeah, out, it's, no it's chance. Brutal, even it's with brutal. The, the the earlier starts now they've been doing you know 640s yeah. and stuff like that. But still, yeah, I mean tough. you know just to get my kids over there is is hard. Sure, um, yeah, but that, ha- that happens in a, in a lot of metros. I mean, I, you know, those who live in Pinellas County are different. They're closer. Yeah, um, I don't. So it, it's harder for me. I mean. I'll go work games over there and stuff, but I I don't take in a ton as a fan. Um it, it's just hard time-wise. Mm. Uh, plus my kids have sports and everything else on the weekends too. Yeah. I take up that time, but um I mean, there's a lot of reasons and and look, if they build at the Trop and they build a an area like the Battery up in Atlanta and and, and what these stadiums are now becoming, entertainment destinations, not just stadiums. You know, will that start bringing your son, 28 year olds in maybe 24 year olds in, you know, and that that's what their hope is.
1: Yeah. I think St. Pete has changed mm-hmm. so dramatically that, yeah, Absolutely. If, you, if you extend that to where
0: the trop is now, um, yeah, if you yeah. can almost make that quarter from downtown to the trop. Oh man. If you can kind of make that a whole right entertainment, living area, whatever, too. but you that's know, the big I mean, thing yeah. is
1: you got people that live downtown now. If that, you can connect what... the two,
0: if you can really connect the two effectively, yeah, mm-hmm. it could be cool. I, I think it'd be great. You know, now yeah. how many people go? We'll
1: see. Sure, but you know the the as as the model would go. Okay, so you you benefit from the development part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a new stadium, which is more attractive to a lot of people, including mm-hmm. your fans. Probably smaller attendance in terms of capacity, but if that brings you more revenue streams, then you're able to compete. A little bit more for free mm-hmm. agents, and now all of a sudden your team is not just the team that wins ninety five games every year and craps out in the playoffs. But guess what? They're going to a World Series or two, and maybe winning one mm-hmm. because you have you can compete for free agents. That's what changes it. That's the game changer. Mm-hmm. That's that's where they need to be.
0: Is they don't lose, you know, some of their top. Well, that, I, I think that's even more than getting free agents is not losing some of your it's best Retaining them, yeah. You know, absolutely. they signed Wander Franco long-term. Now, we'll see well, you know, got, what happens yeah, but, and if he if he plays again. But otherwise, yeah. You know, if they could sign Randy Orozarena long-term. Randy Orozarena, yeah. Maybe harder based on his agent and, and you know, mm-hmm. but ultimately it's up to Randy. You know, his agent can right. say all he wants. It's Randy's yeah. call at the end.
1: Yeah, he may um, decide
0: he wants to play somewhere else. You know, but your hope is, is that you know, I, I always thought that was the hard part about being a Rays fan, particularly for younger kids and and for the more casual type fans, is because every time you start to like a player, they're gone. Yeah, you know, and and it, it and if a young guy has success mm-hmm. and you've discovered him or you rehabbed mm-hmm. him, he's gone. You know, and and the Rays have made you know, you go back and look at all their moves; almost all of them have worked out for them. Sure, you know, and and and, and from a baseball perspective, and a trying to win a world series perspective most of them have been good moves you know you trade a great player but it ends up bringing back even more pieces that have helped you but it can be hard as a fan sometimes yeah you know but to be honest it's happening kind of everywhere in sports now
1: yeah i mean at every level and even more so like colleges are destroyed by it but i mean i think Mm -hmm. i think now at least you're seeing a little bit maybe we're just in this era but kind of them creating opportunity for the younger stars to come in here and develop and be here, mm-hmm. you know, um, rather than, you know, c- of course they still would like to bring in the occasional veteran here and there, but it's still, you know, they've got some homegrown guys now and guys coming up that they really believe
0: in that are going to mm-hmm. get chances to play, uh, which I think is cool too, you know? Well, and um, and, and part of the shame of Wander Franco situation and, and not, Pooing what he's accused of, he did. You know, uh, I'm not the legal part of it, but just the yeah. from the baseball standpoint is the Rays finally truly had two superstars. Yes, and and, and, and look, Evan Longoria is a hell of a player, but he wasn't that personality that wanted to be out there. Carl Crawford was more reserved too. Mm-hmm. Like you know, these Randy and Wander are big personalities and want to flash and and mm-hmm. celebrate and, and you know, you you finally kind of had those type of players on the race yeah you know i mean you know they've had great player i mean you go back to james shields and david price and that but you know they truly yeah. had kind of two big stars right you know beyond just the baseball part of it and right. you know now if Wander never plays again or doesn't play here i mean who knows but you know that was part of the exciting part of the Rays the last year or two no course, You know, seeing Randy pose and have Randy land. And, Randy land is back this year. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. and You know, but stopping at third base to give the pose and that's awesome. you know, doing what he did in the World Baseball Classic. And, oh, yeah, the bat flips and all that. All that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Wander Franco, you know, even flipping the ball to himself before he throws it to first. Mm-hmm. You know, probably doesn't want to do that again, but, you know, no, it works. So, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's that that swagger.
1: It's the most Tampa thing ever, though, and I'm not. You know, I'm I'm with you. I don't know the details of the cases, and I don't know how ultimately this is going to play out. But it's kind of creepy. Um, But it, it, you know, the most Tampa thing ever, right? Is that you get you finally get a guy who who we read about and heard about for years, and he gets up here and he fulfills that promise, and he's you got him locked in for a bunch of years, and then something happens, right? Like that you never anticipated, and Mm -hmm. he potentially you know may not play this year, or who knows when. Uh, in the future, but um, that that was the guy, right? This guy, bigger than Longoria, was going to be, in my opinion, bigger than any any prospect they've ever signed, ever had in their organization. Heard about him for years, and he was fulfilling fulfilling all those expectations. So that's such a rare commodity in any sport, let alone baseball, let alone Rays baseball. And then, yeah, to pair him with with Rosarina, I mean, that you know mm-hmm. that gave you sort of this one two punch um, that. You know, a few teams kind of have, but uh, they'll have to find a different way to do it and they'll do it. But it's just not the, it's not quite the same without the both of them in the lineup. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up
0: during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down.
1: Well, we got some uh, good viewing tonight. The Bolts are back in action. They're back home. They host Colorado. It's their first my, home game in 19 days. It seems like a month. Yeah, it really does. Of uh, course, they had the all-star break, and, mm-hmm. and then they went on the long road trip. But uh, one of my, my girls' favorite players, for obvious reasons, uh, Ross Colton, or Golton, as we used to call him, mm-hmm. is uh, returning,
0: returning to Emily, which I'm sure they'll, um, there's bound to be a tribute tape yeah. somewhere uh there there will be i can i can tell you that in the uh first period you'll see a tribute video to ross <laughs> there Colton. you go yeah, um popular very player very popular player um you know just one of those another salary cap casualty um and you yep. know it kind of weird to go to the team you just lost in the final two yeah right um but yeah and then uh the bolts also have a third jersey they'll be wearing tonight they'll be unveiling today do you know? Did, have you seen it? Do you know I, I have seen the jersey. I cannot and, dif- and divulge what, the details,
1: but I have seen. Okay, it. so without without divulging the details, thumbs up or thumbs down for this one? A thumbs up. Okay. Yeah. All right. As we've seen, we've seen some that I didn't think quite, you know, mm-hmm. raised to the level of of what I thought they would be. Like they had the what was the one that was kind of a mix between the throwback.
0: Yeah, and, some of those uh, reverse retros were a little. Yeah, those are tough. Yeah, I mean, I don't wear off. jerseys myself. So, no, you're not allowed um, to. Well, that's Tom's. We've Scherz, had this. We, that's Tom's. Yeah, well, but but I I, I, I I agree. I don't wear. Them. I agree with it. I don't wear them. I, I did when I was younger. I did, but yes, I haven't worn a jersey in years. There you go. But, um, yeah, no, I I I liked them. Um, I, I'm always a little a little more simple. Like some of those reverse mm-hmm. retros were just a little busy, busy. But they also went back to. Some of the original concepts of the jerseys, which they wore here in Tampa Bay before I was in Tampa Bay, so I didn't have an appreciation for the the history of it per se.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, some of the features on those were on older jerseys that I never saw really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, it's right. kind of one of those. Uh, it's more nostalgic for original right. for fans for yeah. someone who had been here since the beginning or since they wore some of those features that they, they probably it. liked them. Yeah, you know, it didn't hit me because I wasn't here during that time. So, gotcha. Yeah, but yeah, the third. I think they're going to wear them tonight, Saturday and Monday. So, oh wow,
1: cool. Yeah, well, they'll be uh, flying off the shelves then. I'm sure at Emily they'll have plenty of, uh, plenty of sales in the, uh, in the department downstairs there. So, but they're playing well and they're coming off a big win at Boston. So it'd be very important for them to continue to win, especially as well as they played yeah. at home. Much better team at home this
0: year, but yeah, they've won ten um, of their last thirteen. So it's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, they're really doing well. So, yeah, uh, they'll be back in action. Yeah, big four-game uh, homestand starts with Colorado and then Florida Saturday, another big game. So That's another huge game, for sure. We've got
1: the flag football tournament over the weekend, if you want to look at that. And then also out in Clearwater, uh, the NCAA women's softball tournament that they have every year. Uh, so, I think five of the top 10 teams or five of the top 20 teams or whatever in action over there. So, that's always a fun time in Clearwater. So lots of stuff going on as we head into the weekend. We're going to get your mail back questions for tomorrow's show. Uh, you can still submit those if you want to at Sports Day TV. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampa com. as we wrap up the week. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.